0: Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. Hawaii.com. There's been so much great sports news to report, but I'm going to try to keep it simple this week. And uh, the first thing is, just what a disappointment. Detroit Tigers getting swept in the American League playoffs, Baltimore Orioles, three games, and Detroit was out. What a heartbreaker for the fans of Detroit all over the world. Detroit, my hometown, really a disappointment. But I was pretty excited to see Colton Wong hitting a two-run homer in the seventh inning. He's played second base with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, Colton Wong from Big Island. It's just really fun to root for him. And particularly last year, he had kind of a mishap. He got uh, thrown out at first to end their series. And uh, this year for him to have that. And and I just loved hearing the commentators. So many of them were happy, so happy for him. So it's going to be fun to watch how he does as, they, as the Cardinals move along. And as far as Ironman Week, uh, walking through the Ironman Expo yesterday and the parade and just uh, reminiscing about uh, the history of it, that's how I came to the Big Island of Hawaii, came to do the Ironman back in 1982, I believe, did two of them. And Herb and I were one of the first couples to ever do it and, of course, one of the first uh, women to do it. It was very different back then. Everything was different. You know, the highway was open and... The agitations were not every mile and we rode bikes that people would laugh at today and um, particularly those of us at the back of the pack. So it's really interesting to see how far it's come. And I think I saw something, the, the phenomenal numbers of participants in the, uh, seven, the half Ironman and the Ironman events throughout the world. It's p- pretty amazing, you know, no matter what you feel about the event. When it comes here to Kona, this is where it was all all started and we were a big part of it uh, back in the day. That's how I moved here to be interim race director of the Ironman. Uh, people from the Ironman came to my race in Detroit to see how we did things and every time I see a shirt that says Kakua or security or something I always feel feel good because that's just one of many things that came from our race was how to delineate what areas of volunteer people were. Uh, the real story behind all that is that we had uh, we served a lot of beer at our Emily Detroit runs that I put on and and that were kind of forerunners to a lot of big events in the country and and uh, the way we could make sure people worked the finish line when they belong there and not over the beer line until they were done with their duties was we put what category, the area they worked in. So that was picked up by some people from the Ironman when they come to Detroit and watch our race. And there's just so many little things, and I I feel a, a good about, and I always enjoy Uh, talking to other people that have been part of the the history of the Iron Man because I think it's important to always remember those people like Kurt and Leslie Tyler. I think they had a whole lot to do. They just started the Ohana section, and they just put out so much goodwill and created that good feeling. Of course, Valerie Silk and a whole lot of people I could mention. But what we're going to do, I'm going to rerun a show I did with um, John and Judy Collins, the co-founders of the Iron Man. I did it last year, and also with me was J.R. The group from West Hawaii today and my friend Lotus Golden, who's also did the Iron Man, and we all met down at the, on the Lee e Drive and where they were doing some of the filming for the um, TV broadcast, the NBC broadcast. And we taped a show for the Emily T. Gale show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rerun that this week and because I think there's a whole lot of history in there and and, and that people that don't know about or maybe do know about, it's always fun. I like it because it gives a lot of the history of the Iron Man and Ju- John and Judy Collins uh, their input. Also Mike Michael, their son, was with us. And also it gives me a chance to, to share some of my history with the event, which I'm I'm proud of and I, I like to to talk about and share because I think they're interesting Stories. Um, there was a whole lot of imagination and thinking outside the box that had to, had to happen back in those days. So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to rerun that right now, and a great big mahalo to my supporters, certainly Via River Coffee, the Kunataki Ohana. In fact, uh, John and Daniel Kunataki, they were our support crew way back in the day when you could have support crews out on the highway. And that was back in 81, 82, and that's how I became such good friends with the Kunataki Ohana. And I uh, really appreciate Chick, Dinah, Earl, Helen, all of them, uh, Jeannie, everybody that's just given me so much uh, love and aloha from the Kunitake Ohana, Kunitake Estate Farms. Buy River Coffee up there in Halualoa, and we'll see everybody up at the Halualoa Art and Coffee Stroll coming up in November. Thanks, 808 Computers, uh, Robert down at uh, the Konoco Shopping Center, really, Donna, everybody, appreciate their longtime support. Same with Waikoloa Beach Resort. The Asia Pacific Cup is coming up next month. A lot of great golf going to be played out at Waikoloa Beach Resort over the next couple of months. Division I, Division II tournaments. We'll talk about more of that later. And uh, Aloha Visitor Guides, you can pick those up. Complimentary on newsstands everywhere. And so I appreciate their, their support, and we all hope everybody has a safe uh, Ironman week and the week following because there will still be a lot of people in town, a lot of visitors enjoying our big island activities. And... and um, including myself, just really uh, lucky to live Hawaii and also feel very proud and pleased to be such a, 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 a integral part of uh, all the good things that are going on in Detroit. I love sharing the stories, and we'll continue some Say Nice Things About Detroit uh, talk stories next week. This year they're in Kailua-Kona, and that's where we are right now. They just got here Monday. Last week when we had the show, they were at Oahu visiting some of their friends and where they had lived, and uh, Swam with the Waikiki Swim Club and everybody else. And so it was fun. They arrived Monday, and it's Wednesday now, the Wednesday before the Ironman. And I'm with uh, J.R. DeGroote, who's with West Hawaii today, and my good friend, Lotus Golden, who's also finished an Ironman and has great admiration for uh, the Collins. And Michael is also with us. Michael is, Collins is doing the Ironman this weekend. He does it every five years. His first one was when he was about 18 or something. We've been talking about that. But I really wanted to find out. I I was running across the street last night. So all of a sudden, I heard five or eight uh, athletes from Panama and I thought oh John and Judy are probably walking with them because you John and Judy right. uh, lived in Hawaii. Panama started the Panama Ironman that's where they kind of they sailed their boat on the way to New Zealand and ended up in Panama was that the story?
1: Actually we were on the way to Europe to Europe and ended up in Panama <laughs> and, they, and the tax system got messed up and it uh, turns out that in 1992 Panama was like Hawaii was about 70 years before so when, you fell once in you got love out with of it. the city yeah. and the it was a Hawaii you could drive to and we've done that three times from from san diego to panama it's a long way but it...
0: okay well and it brought out some wonderful stories and it it turned panamanians is that the right word Panamanian. panamanians now i remember when there was only one athlete and now it is a part of the iron man series and and they you know the tradition of iron man and you have done so much to inspire the athletes down there and even get them to be a little more conscious of clean water but What I'm curious about, I saw how many people were giving you love and aloha yesterday in the parade, and what's it been like for you to get back here and see people and and get the the love and aloha? It's
2: old home week, and this we always feel we come home when we come to Kona, even though we only come home every five years. (laughs) When Michael or Kristen, the first in the family to do the Kona Ironman, decide to race, the parents want to watch the action, and that's why we're here.
0: And what a blessing, because all the athletes that grew up, you know, learning about Ironman that didn't ever get a chance to meet John and Judy and know some of the history of it and everything—it's—it's it's such a blessing, I think, to keep this part of the history, uh, the continuity.
1: Uh, yes, and it's getting harder and harder because it's being spread further and further around the world, and as it spreads and as the years go by, the the story changes and it, it gets it gets adapted to whatever story the journalist excuse me (laughs) jr is writing and that gets quoted the next year by the next journalist who's putting his or her own twist on it so by the time you get 35 years out um you wonder, maybe there really were a bunch of drunk seals sitting in Honolulu, and they said, Hey, let's go the island. About, You know, I,
0: per- <laughs> I perpetuated that myth myself a bit. You know, I think we all did, because wh- whoever thought it would become what it's become, and so we kind of told it as a, uh, you know, little...
2: Just- Somebody told Val Silk that years ago, okay. and she was being credited with being the originator of Iron Man, and she said all she cared about was to make it clear that she inherited it, all right? So she she wrote that story. I asked her a few years ago, and she said, we'd never met. We didn't meet until a couple of years I, later.
0: I didn't realize yes. that, but we've talked about so that. It,
2: but she did it in good faith. It was good faith yeah. hearsay. But um, it, we have no idea how the seals part...
0: Probably because her boyfriend at the time was a Navy SEAL. Maybe that all got weaved in or something. No, 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 not later. Oh, really? Okay. Not that
1: time. But uh, Val always liked the military. As a matter of fact, one of her ideas was that she was going to try to start it. By having people jump from the deck of an aircraft carrier. Uh
0: uh-huh. huh. That that, that's been?
1: 120 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Until, like, dive me
0: off a waterfall. well, on the show last week, and I I mm-hmm. rerun it, and uh, it's a very in-depth conversation with John and Judy about how the Iron Man, you know, the all the kind of the years leading up to it, and Michael, we just talked about it a little bit for the for YouTube, and and uh, you know, do you have a short a con- short uh, version of it? Or you can take the long version if you want well, if you two have time. But we've
2: just been repeating it to one of the original Ironmen, okay. who's really forgotten a lot of how it started. My version and John's very slightly, but I've been thinking of triathlon since Michael and Kristen and John and I first did the run bike swim that was called a triathlon. 1974.
1: In 1974.
2: Uh, first family to finish it and so on and then we explained to our swim coach while we why we had skipped Masters swim practice that night on and Wednesday. we Described what we had done and He said that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of and then behind our backs In our in our view he added a triathlon to a sports fiesta that summer uh-huh. The Coronado Optimist triathlon from 1975 is now the longest running triathlon
1: in the world. And by the way, he was a SEAL. Okay. <laughs> <And> he was <laughs> maybe a that SEAL. Maybe, maybe that's retired. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, um, then we came out to Hawaii and for some reason there was a West Coast list of swims that went from Hawaii to, you know, practically to, uh, well, to San Francisco. And Michael and Kristen and John and I Entered the Waikiki Rough Water Swim, though to my knowledge we'd never swum more than one mile in the ocean. Yeah, the La Jolla Rough Water
3: was a yeah. one-mile
2: swim. Right, and we got out here. Why we thought we could do 2.4 miles, I don't know, but well, we in loved my, it. In
1: my case, it was easy because you can just turn right and go to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: right. But, but what we found out was that when we got here, we got terribly sunburned because we were used to swimming in the cold Pacific Ocean. And you got out of the ocean when you were cold. And you didn't get cold in Hawaii. (laughs) So you stayed in until you got tired. And that was a new concept. And we looked like lobsters when we got out of the water.
0: Well, it's amazing to think where it has all come over the 35 years. I mean, when Michael and I were talking earlier about people saying doing that thing, and that's kind of what people used to call it, right? The thing. It wasn't really a sport. It was like, why would you do that? You we, know? We,
1: we, <laughs> went, we were we not really distance runners until we got involved with the Honolulu Marathon Clinic. I mean, we ran five miles, that sort uh-huh. of thing, but to train for a marathon, we didn't really think about that until we got into Dr. Jack Scaff's Honolulu Marathon Clinic. And when it came time to try to get people to sign up for the Iron Man in, uh, well, late 77, early 78, we asked uh, Dr. Staff if we could make an announcement on the stage after he give, gave his talk to the people there. And he said, nah. He said, that's not a sporting event. That's just a media event. You know,
0: isn't
2: that interesting? <laughs> yes, and we hadn't had one yet in Hawaii. Yeah, there hadn't yeah. been a triathlon of any distance in and, Hawaii.
0: And that's the part that people forget. It wasn't about creating an Ironman distance and everything as much as it was creating a concept and, and creating a lifestyle well, as in, you were doing In our it.
2: case, we were parents of two children in high school. We were members of two or three clubs, and we were bound to have to volunteer to be in charge of an event, and they had already assigned to us to be in charge of a run-swim at Alamoana Lagoon Beach Park, a sprint. No way on earth could we ever even place in that event. We were just too slow. I was 39 when Ironman started. John was 42. 42. So we had found out we could last all day. Just don't make us go fast. And we thought there were a sufficient number of people who had done the Waikiki Roughwater and finished the Honolulu Marathon in the middle of the pack that they might be interested in the novelty of doing both in one day and connecting it with a bicycle ride. Little did
3: we know that Gordon Haller
2: had done a what in in, uh, 1978 in the Honolulu Marathon? 229?
3: Something unbelievable, under 230 in the Honolulu Marathon. And
1: And that's a real under-230. That's not a Paul Ryan (laughs) (laughs) under-230.
3: And, you know,
0: I think in those days a lot of people were starting to understand that we have different metabolisms. You you know, you either that slow twitch or fast twitch. You know, you would like sprints. You like long-distance. I found I was a long-distance runner, and I decided that's how I like to live life. I like to, like, plod through it. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, it is. It is a kind of a mindset. Well, how did you hear about Ironman? Uh, we read about it in Barry McDermott's story on uh, the airplane driving, flying home from the Honolulu Marathon where we were here promoting the Emily Detroit Run. We would come to the Honolulu Marathon, and we would park a Ford outside the Hyatt and put a sticker on it that said, Emily Detroit Run. You come know, not recruit, need Recruit people to come to our June Run. People thought we shipped the car over. Those were early days of doing different Different kinds of promotions. So if you did anything that was out of the box, you were pretty unique. Yeah. We were pretty unique. So we did a lot of promotions. We were riding home on the airplane. We read Barry McDermott's story in and, and Sports Illustrated, and we thought. Boy, we could turn that into a promotion, and we did. I was talking earlier; we had the whole city guessing my finishing time. Now we did train for it. Great
2: idea!
0: And uh, people got an all-expense-paid trip, the winter to the Ironman the next year, and worked in the press room with us. You you mean the
2: person who guessed guessed our finishing time? time.
0: Yeah, we did it. You went went into a Ford dealership or an American Airlines ticket office. They used to be all over Mm -hmm. the city in those days, and. And uh, we were, and the other thing is we had promised Valerie we would try to get people to see it as a sport. It was known in California but not in the Midwest, mm-hmm. so we're we're kind of our media backgrounds. Well,
1: you, and, you you know about the promotion in 1979? We're getting ready to do the second one, and we were looking for a little bit of help because we lost twenty-five dollars on the first one <laughs> with a five been there, done that. with a five <laughs> with a five-dollar entry fee and. The second one, people were looking for real T-shirts rather than bringing their T-shirts over to our house and having them silk screen the logo on it. <laughs> and then the next day, if they finished, we'd silk screen finisher. I love and that. You <laughs> never that's a told good me I that story. Oh, no, yes. I think that's a great uh, idea.
0: I like that story. Anyway,
1: we were really low lowball. So I went to Hawaii Visitors Bureau, and I note that uh, Tourism Hawaii is a sponsor for this year. Yeah. But in those days, I went up and talked to them, and they said, no... They said, we have more tourists than we want that time of year. And this was in February. Than we want. And people are going to just come over and borrow a bicycle and sleep on somebody's floor. And they're not going to spend any money. And I was asking for like $500 so I could buy uh-huh. trophies and that sort of stuff. And what was it, $26 million at the, on the Big Island this year? Yeah, so. yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and I, I know that's got to be a true story because I, I know some of the history of how convention bureau used to think of stuff they even used to think that way about golf golf was not thought of as being as something that uh, brought tourists to the mm-hmm. islands even when the monolani senior skins was held it was always underwritten by the Montalani. and then because nobody in the legislature the governor nobody well, played no, golf that, but so so this sport happened again
2: fishing was big in Kona. fishing the was time, was the thing and, and, and the and rest of the island was like this yeah. and i was involved with renewable energy promotion around the island Uh, public meetings, Keaholi Point, all of that. I would travel over here, and before the Honolulu Marathon, I would go to the King Kamehameha Pool down at Kaoholi Point and scrape off the scum and have a cup of water. (laughs) So I would have the energy of in the footsteps of the King's Runners. Oh. Remember
0: that? <laughs> that's Judy Collins that, that's telling that story. Judy Collins, Judy and John is who we're speaking with, and their son Michael, uh, the co-founders there. of the Ironman Triathlon. were in Kailua-Kona. It's Ironman Week, and Judy and John and Michael get here every five years. Michael does the race every five years. And Judy and John, of course, the support crew, he's here with his wife, Carrie. They're celebrating their 37th?
3: Oh, uh, 27th.
0: 27th. wedding anniversary. And uh, those stories, are I love. Every time I talk to you, I get new stories. <laughs> JR, any any questions, any things that come to mind that you might want to ask the Collins? I just wonder, how have you guys seen Kono evolve with the marathon through 35 years? I mean, nothing was here 35 years ago.
2: That's right. I did, same seawall. Yeah. And the same good swim down there. Because we flew over here with one of the swimmers who, who had a Seven Islands in One Day airplane business. We flew over here and did the first... Um, Hapuna. Hapuna swim. Rough water swim, okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And I remember it was so still downtown, so pleasant, just to sit on the wall and, and take a swim mm-hmm. and hope that a wave would crash on you. Um it's been up and down. We, You know, Kona seemed more prosperous about 15 years ago, uh, but the there are new restaurants where the other ones have, um, have folded, and we always uh, look to find some of the same
1: places.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But when Valerie Silk brought the Iron Man over here from Oahu, and we never thought that it would get very big because in Oahu we, we never thought of closing roads and doing that sort of stuff you had to fit in with the ecosystem and the ecosystem yeah. included a lot of tour buses and that sort of thing and she was bright enough to bring it over here and it was fortuitous because that was exactly the time that the pineapple industry collapsed mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there was, was massive it, unemployment it. over here it was it was pineapple yeah.
2: But it, it, it was okay. a good time yeah. for it to come right,
0: on. and it, fortuitous because Herb and I had gone through trying to get the streets closed in Detroit for the Emily Detroit Run. That I started with a hundred runners and it grew to thousands and thousands. Eventually, we were clo- clo- closing off the tunnel to Canada and all the expressway exits. So we had to we had uh, to really write right, economic, <laughs> but we had to really prove to the city that it was worthwhile mm-hmm. in those early days because cities didn't have runs. But you think this mm-hmm. is back in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties. So when we said to Valerie, you've got to get the highway closed, she said, oh, they'll never let us close it. We said, we'll write you the economic impact study you can take to the state legislature, which Herb and I did. I really should give him credit. And the whole concept was you're getting people off the highway where there had been some accidents during the event. Mm-hmm. And, and you get them into the town, which was a sleepy little town. And you keep everybody in the town and people would be spending their money. So that was what it was based on in order to get the highway closed. And, and Valerie so said, years. oh, you'll never make that happen. We said, listen, we got it done in Detroit. We think we can write it in a way that they'll buy into it over here.
1: Well, we did it in Panama in 98. We started one. The sole purpose of which was to show the country of Panama what triathlon was and how we could bring people in. And eventually we had Paula and... And uh, Scott, Tenley. Scott Tenley and lots Some of, of the Canadian people, Canadians from Australia, and, and uh, we were yeah. we were set up bringing in the mad dogs from Saint Petersburg in, in Florida, and so we had a plan that would bring end up bringing in a couple of thousand people plus support. It never actually got there because, well we got tired of yeah so that but, but we it, went
2: did, it did ignite the spark in one. the existing runners and bicyclists and i think now that the 3 million population in panama has more ironman finishers not necessarily at Conor. per capita
0: per capita uh-huh.
2: because it was a seed waiting to be planted just as it was yep. in honolulu and in most in visionaries
0: do start with a big vision yep. and then you just keep
1: But we got the same same response. We went to the Panamanian tourism Uh development thing, and they basically said, go away, don't bother us. Uh We have an election coming up. And in 98, we were here for the 20th, and we were featured by NBC. And we tried to get Panama to let us represent Panama and give us a flag. No, we had to have Uh a friend send us. And,
2: And now the new model is to go to the country and to sell them uh, what has what been can shown be done all yeah. around the world yeah. and now they're showing off their country
0: and oftentimes an what happens and I you know we went through that in Detroit too where it was like go put this in a park and we were like no I'm trying to prove that the streets are safe to run through that's why we want the run to be through the streets of Detroit there had never been a run in, in Detroit downtown then but wow. what often happens is we have to pull it along behind us the concepts and then eventually people mm-hmm. think they kind of they they thought it up o- oftentimes they don't really know what they can do to take the biggest advantage of it you know i think you even said the route that they had in panama the first year could have mm-hmm. been better even mm-hmm. the swimming was done in a place that wasn't really safe to swim because of the mm-hmm. the uh, pollution and that i love that you we're talking with john and judy collins it's the emily t gale show here on espn we're also with michael collins who will be doing the race this week the Ironman. man jr john de groot from west hawaii today is with us and. And the whole concept that, uh, I forgot where I was, but <laughs> what was I doing? T- that you, yeah, have, you- to have
2: to sell people on, on the impact it'll make. Absolutely, Can and it's hard.
0: To- Convention bureaus and people, they're yeah. used to their traditional, the way it used to be done. Visionaries are always fighting the, the tide, I think. And, you well, know, you're going upstream when you're a visionary.
2: Well, JR just asked about how, how we look at Kona after this sport. And I want, want you to know, JR, one of the things that we've noticed from the beginning Ironman started in the Pacific Ocean off an island and the championships are in the Pacific Ocean off this island and I think it's rare now to have a triathlon swim in the ocean uh, you know, lawyers get involved and liability yeah. and, oh, my gosh, a wave might break or a,
1: seal, something, might, a seal, seal might, might
0: bite, bite somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <the right> <laughs> So, you know, you love the part about the clean waters. I mean, to weave that into what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, as you're saying, there's not a lot of events in the oceans. They're in, in waterways or lakes and well, everything. Well, the one
2: that we started in Panama and, and then we did a special one on the 500th anniversary of Columbus having run into the Americas and where he anchored his ships and so on. So one day the sponsors said, well, if you're going to have it, the swim in waters where Columbus anchored his ship, he last anchored right over in this bay, and we have three beautiful forts. We're going to move the swim over there. The sponsors wanted it because old forts make good backgrounds. Very polluted. It was polluted when Columbus was there in 1502. (laughs) And we who started this event, Michael has done it, Had had to boycott it because it was in these filthy waters, and we weren't the only ones. And people didn't people made their own decisions, and everybody knew that wasn't water to swim in. Whatever the sponsors said. So the next year they moved it back to clean water. If
1: you really want help moving the government and the business community. Just get a whole bunch of doctors and lawyers and people that will spend four thousand dollars on a bicycle involved. There you go. Eventually, <laughs> because right? they can push. That, that changes everything.
0: You know, I, we also uh, Lotus Golden is with us, a, a good friend of mine, and Lotus is a, a, a Ironman finisher. And she came to the Big Island because she lived in New York and was an athlete. Was real involved with a Dick, with Dick Trob, who works with uh, disabled athletes. Yes. yes. Yeah. So Lotus was involved with them way back way back when, and. Um, uh, what's his name from the New York Roadrunners Club? Uh, the Your good friend? Corbett? and oh, Ted Corbett. Ted Corbett. Okay. Uh, Fred LeBeau was our good friend, and if I, Lotus and I found out that her good friend was Ted Corbett, who was, of course, a long distance like runner. Yes,
2: well, one, my greatest joy from the whole Ironman phenomenon is that two 1980 Ironmen, Bob Babbitt and Rick Kozlowski, ended up starting the Challenged Athletes Foundation to buy a what do they call it? A, 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 van, a van, a <laughs> van that's right. for one of their friends who'd been in, injured right. in a bicycle accident, and they had money left over, so they threw it in the pot for the for foundation and for other people. And this has enabled more people who are missing limbs uh, to to get fitted and get active again. And it it's just a delight to me to see that. There are so many people with what I call custom bodies now, whereas all of us here have stock bodies, yeah. right? <laughs> differently
0: abled. Yeah, and this
2: grew out of their uh, enchantment yeah. with this endurance sport when they came out in 1980 to do the Ironman. What
0: most people don't realize, though, is in the 70s and 80s is disabled and physically challenged, whatever we want to terminology uh we not allowed in most events. The Boston Marathon, they had to sue to get into the Boston Marathon, even into the Honolulu Marathon. It was a challenge. I think I've told you we had the Ironsides division and the Emily Detroit oh, run. and that's, that's a Because we thought, hey, we're going to let wheelchair athletes in. We remember in. that TV program. And, and yeah, <laughs> so you know, we had a lot of people who were just in chairs, not athletes, but their parents would push them. You know, our encouragement was for as mm-hmm. many people to come on down. And with the Leader Dog uh, School for Blind used to train out of my store, Emily's Across oh, the really? Street downtown. So some of them came and ran in the race. Mm-hmm. So the whole front of the race Was people that were differently challenged.
2: Well, Rick and Dick were in the race last night. Oh, and there's somebody, there's Uh, somebody, there's somebody
0: racing this week. That's a lady. Rick and Dick were there. And
2: Val did not want to risk their safety. And she had said they couldn't do Kona, but I think they were featured in People magazine one year, 1987. uh, Lynn Van Eert up in Ironman Canada admitted them to the Penticton Uh race, and. Val was there, and John and I were there, and Kristen and Scott, and we saw how the athletes reacted when they're going over the same course, sure. and and a man is pushing and pulling his son through that whole race, and everybody just looked at it and said, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> and and it was so inspiring that... that
0: that and that, was the, that, that was, was the whole point. That was the whole point thing. was to integrate people into the lifestyles mm-hmm. of everybody, no matter you know how they're living their life. And fortunately, it's happened in schools well, and happened the, the, in sports. Exactly and...
2: in Florida. Uh, but here's what I heard from Rick. A dick, uh, Rick is in, in the wheelchair.
0: Yeah.
2: He he was talking on a computer to the doctors who uh-huh. were there at the you know sports clinic, and the, his mother got up and said, the reason. He started getting active was when he was a child. He wanted his body to move, but he didn't have the means. Okay. So he would allow his siblings to use him as a football in the front yard, <laughs> oh. and and he goes typing like this. I like to move, oh. and and it just struck struck me. We all like yeah. to move. Some of us don't move very fast, but it it was. Just an eye opener.
0: There's to a me. lady who's uh, racing this weekend, and I think she's in her 30s, and she's uh, pulling her her uh, sister who has cerebral palsy. Mm. Ah. So, Jr. Other thoughts that have come up. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And,
3: yeah. and <laughs> Michael, an isn't
0: it great to see so much energy in your parents and stuff? <laughs> I love it. I think you know.
3: It's... I'm not sure how to respond to that yet. <laughs> we're holding our breaths. That, that's right. No, I, 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 I am. I'm waiting to to one day wake up with all the energy that my parents show every day, and it hasn't happened yet, so...
0: Well, it's... I'll tell you what, it's, it's very special to always be around you. I have a question. Yeah, Lotus? What does it feel like when you're standing there and you're watching people go through the Iron Man shoot, knowing that it was your idea? Do you ever really feel it?
2: I... I don't. I I feel quite detached because we started as a way to separate our talents, you might call them, from the sprinters, and now the endurance athletes are sprinters. So I I don't feel, I, I don't identify with it you know this is a it's a whole different crowd
0: but in terms of endurance you were the first uh, female to swim from lanai to to maui. to maui
2: yes yes and that was because two two male bachelor swimmers were hoping that it would generate enough publicity on mother's day that they would get some dates <laughs>
1: so and she did get bitten by a shark you know the nibble, shark nibble, the, nibble. the shark was only about 3 inches long <laughs> but there, the there's end.
2: another point i wanted to make about uh, <clears throat> The Honolulu Marathon. Uh, Jack Scaff used to give a little talk before Jack, it yeah. started, and the other day I found one of the marathon entry forms, and, and was glad to see at the bottom what had inspired us to do the event. It gave the finish time for the prior year for the first athlete and the last athlete, uh-huh. and it said, you are cordially invited to break the record at either end. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. It, well, doesn't that make yeah, you? Yeah, I always say Herb and I are the reason that there's a cutoff time in the Iron Man. So,
1: yeah. you know. uh, uh, <laughs> it's only a coincidence that the cutoff time is within 21 seconds of my first finish time. Well, then I think you're the reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think not so us. I think you are. So. Bob Babbitt
2: called the other day to ask uh, what time sunrise was on the second year. And he said, and we called Michael. And, and Michael said, I know exactly when... The event started in 1979. Tell them why. This was news to me.
3: I'm 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 sorry. I don't recognize the lead-in. Okay, the the lead-in
2: has to do with trying to verify that you finished in the daytime and knowing what time
3: you finished for sure. Oh, and, and that's because the second year was a year of very very bad weather, and so we did not start on Saturday as we'd intended, and we woke up on Sunday and my father, the race director, looked out the window and saw the trees blowing sideways and said, this is not happening today. Michael, go back to sleep. And so they went down to tell everybody else that the race wasn't gonna happen at seven o'clock like it was supposed to. And I I, I got a telephone call from my mother from a payphone downtown at 7:30, saying they're gonna do the race anyway if you can get here by 8 i think i can hold the start until you get here <laughs> so i did this i started at 8 o'clock and my goal had been to actually go to school the next day and school started at 8 and the and my homeroom class got out at 8:25. and so as the day wore on and on and on I just wanted to finish before my homeroom class got out, and I missed it by 58 seconds. That's a great story. (laughs) Judy found it very easy to put the
1: start off until 8 because our boat was supposed to come around from the North Shore and the waves were too high and they wouldn't bring the boat. So Judy went to the Outrigger Canoe Club, one of the swimmers from there, and smooth-talked them into furnishing a boat. And they said, when do you want it? And she said, 8 o'clock. <laughs> okay. and that was so <laughs> That's I what
0: every race Michael. director does. They, mother, they tweak whatever's going on.
2: I would have heard about it for the rest of my life uh-huh. if I hadn't allowed Michael to get down to the start.
0: It's John and Judy Collins we've been speaking with, and you can catch their show. We uh, Last week we in-depth sto- uh, show lots of stories that are different from today's story. So John and Judy Collins, uh, co-founders of the Ironman back in 1978 on Oahu. It was moved over here by Valerie Silk. Uh, they had the Nautilus Fitness Center at the time, and when Valerie and her husband separated, he got the Nautilus Fitness Center, and who had been a sponsor of it, and she got the shoebox uh, history of the Ironman, and I'm glad that Herb and I got so involved with her back in those days and were able to contribute, I think, significantly, significantly to many things. Michael Collins has also been with us, this, their son. He's going to be doing the race this weekend. He does it every five years, so he's an old hat. I don't think it ever gets to be the old hat. And also with us is uh, J.R. John DeGroote from West Hawaii Today, someone I've known since he was a little kid, and it's just great to watch see his byline and what a great writer he's become. And uh, also Lotus Golden, who is an Ironman finisher, and just really wanted to meet uh, John and Judy and spend some time with us. So we we appreciate her uh, videotaping for us. And anybody has some last thoughts they'd like to give to our listeners?
3: Um no. I'm, I'm sorry, it's 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 Wednesday now and the race is Saturday. I'm starting to think all about me now. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's a great answer.
2: And I'm saying sorry, big island that we that we make it so hard to get about in a car this week, but thank you so much for this beautiful setting.
0: And boy, the Big Island residents uh, deserve a lot of uh, thank yous for everybody putting up with it you know, as they try to get to and from work and everything else.
1: Uh, new life goal, we marched in the parade last night, and the goal used to involve doing the event. I'm down to the point. My life goal is now to come back for the 50th and still be able to walk in the parade. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: discussed that. Well, I'll tell you what—it's with the energy you've got now yeah. and everything. And Jr., some last thoughts. Yeah. Last thoughts, to our no, listeners. No, it's just a tremendous honor to meet you guys, and I've been seeing this event since I was born. I mean, I've been here 24 years,
3: and thank you very much for it. And it's a great honor to be covering it now.
0: Yeah, and it's fun. It's fun for me too to spend some time with Jr. and. Uh, uh, his mom has been a great friend and a great supporter and really been helpful to well, me over one the years. Day so
2: JR will get the bug, yeah, and, and and be a part of the parade. Which well, is he did. It, JR Athletics. did
0: a lot to get inline hockey going here on the islands. Was really? it, oh yeah, he's doing it professionally, and and uh, those kids that they did it for so many years and uh, beautiful rink over here at our uh, Makaeo walking jogging path. So there. there's uh, many many hundreds of kids and and teenagers that went on to college too playing some inline hockey and scholarships and. So Jr. was one of those guys. Oh, I'm just leaving the uh, Ironman Expo. The parade was tonight. And uh, gosh, the the town is packed. And the Expo is packed. And who do I run into as I'm on my way out? But Andrea Bess and Bella. We've been talking about both of them. What a great swimming competition you had last month.
4: Yeah.
0: Are you excited about it? Well, you've been your mom's support crew, right? Yeah. So, uh, Andrea uh, won a spot at the Brazil Ironman. Yeah, and, in May. and, and, and in they, May. And she had a great
5: race. She was pretty anxious about it. But you had that first in your age group, didn't you? Yeah, well, um, I was, I think, second or third overall amateur in a race. And... Um, and then I had—I know I had the, the the slot after a point. So then, you
0: had a lot of fun that yeah, at that point, you that know. And of course, really being fun. in your hometown or your—I know—being at, at home with your family and everybody there. So, uh, you, you got three, four days. You know, how are you winding down for your for uh, your training and everything? What's well, the next few days? You know, for you? Yeah, now
5: this—you know—yesterday, today is kind of see all the. New people here, the expo, everybody uh-huh. around, and the next days it's just like focus, eat a lot. Okay, but not, not training
0: too much, just kind Need of light, bit, run, bit, light yeah. run, light run, light ride.
5: Uh, not, more like swim and bike, uh-huh. and then, um, legs up, rest, 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 okay. rest as much as you can. And, and, then...
0: and generally, how are your uh, emotions? Are you, are you pretty even keel? Are you calm? Are you... Uh, I mean, it's not like you haven't done this before. How many Ironman distances have you done?
5: Uh... Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: then they're done that, but yeah. that doesn't matter. Every this race be, is another race. Yeah. yeah
5: this would be my fourth corner. Okay. And this race is like a little box of surprise, so we never know what's gonna happen. Right.
0: Right. Because the weather is, is such a, a challenge. Everybody. I mean, I'm just thinking like how hot it was today. I was thinking, oh my gosh.
5: Yeah, yeah, it was really hot, and I heard for the race day it's gonna be super windy, heavy. Uh-huh. I heard um, 22 miles an hour winds. Okay, so we see. Okay. We never know what's gonna happen. And this so you got good.
0: all your your splits and everything, and you where you want to be, and, and at different times of the race. And, and yeah, you know.
5: we we always have is that the in your head, plan. or do you have
0: that written down on a little on your hand or something? You know. Yeah, we
5: have. You know the plan. Uh huh. You know if everything works. How we plan yeah. is perfect. If you're not, we go with the flow. Whatever okay. it comes, it comes. We just have to embrace the, the weather, the island, the conditions, all the other participants, and everybody, you know.
0: And, and Bella, just being part of the support crew now, because when you were doing your swimming competition, what, a couple of months ago, you know, and getting ready for it, and Andrea was so excited about you, you had such a good some good results with your swimming but since then you've kind of all as a family been focused on andrea's training right
4: yeah it's it's like i don't get to see her during the day and we come home we eat and then go to bed and then we see each other in the morning and then we do that over and but now where will you be on race day on saturday um i'm usually all like all over the place so you know where to find where you can kind of find her i kind of like i've I watched her do this a lot and I kinda just I can like once I look at her once I kinda see like how she's doing and I can kinda
5: get a time in my head and uh uh-huh. So knows, you know, she I mean, knows my times already. She knows how I race. Yeah, I mean, fine. even spectators become veterans. You know, just like the
0: volunteers become veterans, yeah, and so the athletes true. become veterans. It's, yeah, yeah, It's all really, really important. But you're, you're, are you the one that always takes the pictures and the videos of Andrea? Yeah. Is that you? are you're, you're a pretty big part of that support crew because you keep a lot of, you keep a lot of information out there on social media, and you do a nice yeah. job. And you, you obviously have a lot of support. Yes, you I. You know, do. every time you post something, people are really supportive, and of yeah, course, yeah. you're one of your biggest supporters bike works uh corner oh, beach yeah. and
5: sports down they here amazing. they're going to have a cheering section down on uh, a Lee drive for oh, yeah, everybody all, over, all even uh, up at queen k okay. by bike works they have a huge party over there on the run okay it's really we always look forward to go through that they do so a little up by the old industrial area exactly but up in the road yeah okay oh great okay so
0: um i didn't know that have they done that each year yeah, they they the do that reception? every year. Yeah, oh, isn't it's that really great. fun. So it's right
5: right on top by BikeWorks. Okay,
0: well, of course, BikeWorks be Support. Uh, so many of the mechanics are out there, and they're part of the Ironman bike tech support, and just do a tremendous job. And it takes very sophisticated uh, knowledge of how bikes work. They're they're no small tasks these days. Yeah, so they yeah. yeah. Like Rich Bell and Jason uh-huh. and. Uh, a lot of the tech people from BikeWorks, right? Exactly. And then down here in L. E Drive, uh, uh, Cheryl Shirley is manager of the store, and you you get setups all over town. Uh, Bike Works too, and different uh, and yeah, stores. all over.
5: And yeah. it's fun because you know we're like family, so they uh-huh. they they're, they're there all the time for us. Whatever you know. Clapping and cheering for us—it makes a huge difference. For and
0: Grant us. Miller, the owner of Bike Works, uh, Bike Works also Ghana, is also racing, and of course, he's racing and raising funds for the uh, the um, uh, ALS uh, Therapy Development yes. Institute mm-hmm. in memory of Karen Kelly, yep, who worked exactly. with Bike Works, who passed yeah. away with yes. ALS. The sweetheart, yeah. And so that's, that's really... That's really For cool. him, it's been 20 years
5: since he's done an Ironman. I know. And it's crazy because he's so busy this time of the year, and, and I can't believe he's still going to, you know... He's been managing like five stores. Yeah. You know, this time Iron Ironman is crazy, and he's still going to race. And he's going to do amazing.
0: And what's so great is that Grant started his first store down here in Uncle Billy's with a, just a couple little bicycles on a kiosk. And I was one of his first customers back in those days and got my first mountain yeah. bike from Grant. And it's has great. So. So, Bella, uh, what's going on with your swimming? Are you got some uh, swim meets coming up? Yeah, I have a swim meet actually next week in Hilo.
4: And I'm just thinking of qualifying for events in states. And then in December, I have my state quali- qual- qualifying in Maui. And, and are you uh, do you have kind of a, a tendency to like the long distance or more of a sprint? Um, I'm more of a sprint, but my coach is telling me I'm turning and i'm getting better at the distance swimming and it's kind of helping me in like practice because we do more like short but still endurance okay and your coach is
0: steve oh, Okay, so steve uh, of course steve has, has coached many people olympians he's done such a great job with his coaching over the years he's in the hall of fame the swim hall of fame and yeah he's and...
5: amazing he gives a lot of support for those kids and he have like a really good support through years like the kids are starting like nine years old swimming uh-huh. with them and they send them through college you know they go oh prep the them and get them ready so they can get college scholarships and you
0: know i think this learning whether you're a sprinter long distance i know i mean i did the ironman back in 81 and 82 i always say that we're the reason there's cutoff times but but you know i found at that time that i did like long distance and you do find what your body and your mental state of mind is, you know, what you like to do. Yeah. I never did like doing 5Ks or 10Ks. i like kind of
5: plodding along, you know, you marathons. As like therapy. Yeah. It's a therapy. In your time on a bike, you have time to think, you have time to. Read and somehow relax, oh. you know, it's your your time. Your I, own I time. always thought that when you start doing long
0: distance that it gives you a better look at how to even look at uh, life, okay. is that you're going to get everything done. You're going to get there. Exactly. Just like when you're running a marathon, it's all about pacing or when you're swimming long distance, yeah. right? It's realizing that you can't be at that peak thing every minute of the of the race. And and I always say life is like that. It's like yeah. a long-distance race. You just got to realize you're going to have your peaks and valleys, but you're going to get there. Exactly. So Andrea vess and her daughter Bella just caught, caught up with them. We're heading, leading. It's a beautiful uh, Kona night, um, beautiful. a Tuesday night before the Ironman World Championship here in Kona. Of course, it's where it all started back in uh, 1978 on Oahu and then moved over here to the Big Island. That's when I got involved. I came from Detroit to do the Ironman then and and uh, it's, it's hard to believe it's 35 years later or something, and here we are. So yeah, it's always a pleasure to see you. Uh,
5: pleasure is Yeah, mine. and I love Thank following so the two
0: of you, yeah. Bella, because Andrea is so proud of you. She talks about you all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's fun to get a chance to catch up I with know, both of was you. Perfect. So, so was I wish perfect. you all the best. I'll Thank be following you. you on Iron Man Live and also wherever I can. Thank you so okay, much, Emily. Take, I well I wish you For all the support. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. Okay, take care.